Hello and welcome to People Behind the Mask. This podcast series aims to provide a better understanding of the different roles within the NHS at the United Lincolnshire Hospitals Trust. The idea behind this podcast was originally to give newly qualified doctors an insight into the different roles within ULHT, but this podcast is open to anyone and we encourage both feedback and participation from any member of the ULHT team. My name is Catherine and my name is Sarah and we are Medical Education Fellows. For our first episode we'll be asking each other questions to explore what the role of a Medical Education Fellow is. So Sarah, can you explain what our role in the hospital is? I can give a, certainly give it a go. So as we said we are Medical Education Fellows so we have a split role between the University of Lincoln and the Trust. Um, we It's a 50-50, so we spend two and a half days a week with the university at the new medical school and we teach the medical students anatomy and also clinical skills. And the rest of the time is spent with the trust and we're currently with the orthopaedic department, but we also spend time with the general surgery department too. Have you got anything else to add, Catherine? Um, no, just to say that in the hospital we're sort of a core trainee equivalent, um, so we get to assist in theatres, um, helping clinics, Uh, things like that. So Catherine, can you explain how long we've been doing this role for? Uh, Yeah, so we started last August, so this is currently the the second year that we're doing it, so the second year of teaching medical students. Excellent. Sarah, can you explain how you came to be in this role? Yes, I can. Basically, I uh, want to go into surgery. Uh, I'm not sure quite what part of surgery yet. Um, but I realised that I wanted to get my portfolio to be stronger. So after my foundation year two year, I looked around for a job that would give me more experience clinically, but also add to my portfolio. And so I found this job and I thought it was absolutely a perfect mix of still doing some clinical stuff, but actually improving my teaching and just generally doing better things. Have you got anything else to add? Uh, no, same reason really. I, I again want to go into core surgical training and I want my portfolio to be as good as it can be to get the job that I want um, and this job is the, the perfect role for, for that to, to develop. Why? But Catherine, why this role in particular? Um, I, read the, I read the advert and thought that's my perfect job. It's the perfect combination of uh, teaching and specifically teaching medical students anatomy, which I love. Um, and it's very important as a future surgeon and then also working on my surgical portfolio by having that joint role within the surgical department. Is that true for you Sarah? Absolutely I think I as as you said read the advert and was like oh they made a job for me that I wanted to do excellent. So Catherine what do you find most enjoyable about this role? I'd have to say it's the teaching side of things specifically teaching anatomy um, it's very rewarding to teach the medical students something that they previously know nothing about and then to watch that knowledge grow. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, I must say, I, I always knew I enjoyed teaching, but actually until you get a job doing it on a kind of daily basis, you just don't realise how rewarding it is and how, it, it, to be fair, it's made me more enthusiastic about medicine again because you see these people who are coming through and it's all bright and shiny and new and actually it makes me realise, oh yes, what we're doing is really cool. Sarah, here's a question for you. If there was one thing you could change about our job, what would it be? Oh, that's a tricky one. Depends who's listening. No, 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 not at all. Um, Actually, to be honest, I don't think I'd change anything. I'm really enjoying the job. Um, Maybe I'd say 
could we be less busy because actually we're working flat out at the moment as you are aware but actually no I, I love it so I wouldn't change anything what about you um I I agree I, I do really love this job I mean if there's anything I could slightly change it would be um that the work would be a little bit more spread out so that it's not so full-on in term time um but that's the nature of the job and I wouldn't really have it any other way yeah definitely so Catherine looking back on your career to date what has been your biggest challenge do you think I think I'd have to say making the transition from a medical student to a foundation year one doctor um, that change is is quite difficult um, you go from being a medical student where um, you put you get out what you put in um, everything's a learning opportunity but you don't necessarily have to do something whereas when you're when you're a junior doctor um, that then is your job and those tasks that you previously may not have done or have avoided now become part of your everyday job what about you Sarah yeah I think I think transitioning to F1 was really tricky um, but I must say I think my first year of medical school was probably the hardest I've had it so far um, I did the graduate program so we did two years in one and it was just so intense oh there was so much to learn um some seriously late nights just trying to get every all the information into my head so um, I found that really tough. Speaking about junior doctors what would your advice be for a newly qualified doctor? Oh right I think the biggest thing that I learned actually going through F1 or 2 I think I want to let them know is that make sure you take time for yourself um, it can sometimes feel like you have endless amounts to do you can't get away you can't leave the ward and there's just no time for you but actually I'd say make sure you go and get lunch make sure you you kind of rest and drink and all this stuff because actually you're not going to bring your best unless you're kind of like feeling your best so I think you've got to your patients won't thank you for it so I think that's what I'd say yeah I completely agree with that what about have you got any other advice um yeah I think learn to switch off so when you when you leave for the day make sure that you don't take those patients or those cases home with you because when you're at home you do need to rest you do need to have a hobby outside of work um, so that you can come back the next day well rested and, and ready to start again yeah I completely agree definitely and do you have any advice for say FY2 doctors who are just about to be in their career have you got anything to say to them um, yeah so obviously I'm, I'm now in my F3 and F4 year um, I originally didn't really want to do an F3, however, it's opened my eyes to so many new opportunities. And so I'd say to those F2s that are thinking about doing an F3 or not quite sure where they want to go, um, to, to take, take a chance on an F3 um, and see, see what they do really want to do in their, in their career. What about you, Sarah? I would also agree. Um, I think I've had such a valuable couple of years now. Um, I'd say make sure you, if you are going to take a year away from a training programme, make sure that you have a productive year because that's going to look really bad in your portfolio if you don't, but make sure you have a productive year. And actually, if you are applying for jobs in this coming like cycle, really make sure you look at your the, the criteria. They give you criteria for your portfolio and really make sure you know them at the back of your hand because that will really help you when you get to your interviews. Yeah, definitely. So enough about work, um, let's go on to some really random questions. What do you enjoy doing outside of work, Sarah? Um, I think I'm quite a practical person, so I like doing the practical things. I'm also, I was basically born middle-aged, so I love gardening, um, I love cooking, my family are massive foodies. 
But actually, I'm a, I'm a bit of a dichotomy, so I also love playing PlayStation and things like that. As you know, because I play it with you, because we're massive nerds. Um, so Thanks for dropping that in there. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. <laughs> um, what about you? What do you like doing outside? Um, well, aside from PlayStation with Sarah, <laughs> um, I spend a lot of time with my dog, looking after my dog. She gets walked twice a day um, and is very spoilt, or at least what I like to say is well-loved. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and uh, for, just for everyone listening, um, what's your dog's name? Delilah. And uh, what type of dog is she? She's a cross between a Great Dane and a Bull Mastiff. She's a big dog. She is a very big dog. I've met this dog. When she stands on her back legs, she is bigger than me. Okay, And I know I'm not that big, but she <laughs> is huge. But she's absolutely lovely. So random question number two. Uh, if you could eat one thing and one thing only for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'd have to say Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I'm absolutely addicted to ice cream, Ben and Jerry's in particular, um, and I can easily get through a, a tub Excellent. all to myself. <laughs> yes, but we don't talk about that, but yes, no, the tub doesn't usually go back in the freezer. No, no definitely, definitely not. What about you, Sarah? What's the one food that you couldn't live without? Oh, it's going to sound really, really fancy, but actually a good beef wellington. If I could eat that for the rest of my days, I'd be one happy person, okay? And actually, it's not just eating it, I love making it as well. It's my favourite things to cook, um, so yeah. Fancy me would have a beef Wellington. Fair enough. And so the final question, what is the most interesting or bizarre interaction you've had in the hospital? Oh, it's a tricky one. You have so many on really weird shifts, don't you? I think the most kind of bizarre, or maybe it's the most awkward interaction I've ever had was um, trying to make small talk with a gentleman while we were trying to fix his paraphimosis after someone hadn't put his foreskin down after his catheter. That was very awkward indeed. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, definitely. What about you? Um, I don't think I've had anything really bizarre. Um, obviously, you get the usual awkward awkward things of um, waiting for Instilla gel or the numbing agent mm. to work when you're, in, when you're inserting a catheter. That is awkward. Um, and having patients that are awake during their surgery so that they can hear what's going on um, but obviously can't feel anything. Um, but no, nothing bizarre, just the usual um, occasional awkward moments. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, they are, they are awkward. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Um, please join us for future episodes where we're going to be exploring different roles in ULHT, uh, you know, getting to know the people behind the masks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.